Hello, and welcome to episode three of the currently named Deep V's Fantasy Podcast. I did learn this week that there is another podcast called Deep V's that is very, very different uh, from Fantasy Football Talk. So, uh, we should be readjusting the name soon. At Ducal J. Dean, I'm Jimmy. I'm joined by at Ducal AJM, he's AJ. And without further ado, let's get it started. Why are you so depressed about your team, AJ? Because you're starting I have, Christian Ponder. Yeah, a I'm starting Christian Ponder next week um, against a guy playing Aaron Rodgers against Indianapolis. So that's at least you know four or five scores. But yeah, I'm depressed a because I'm starting Christian Ponder next week. I'm depressed b because I'm I always leave at least twenty points on my bench from one player like this week. I didn't start Des Bryant. I thought that was a smart move because he was playing Chicago. So I didn't start Des Bryant, and I started, you know, like Steve Smith, who only had four points. Des Bryant had you know, what was it, 16 or 18, which yeah. would have easily given me a win. So I'm depressed because of that. Um, I'm depressed because Aaron Hernandez is hurt, and Dennis Pitta had zero points this week. I, should I go on? I mean... I think you you definitely have reason to be depressed because of that. Um, I mean, Des Bryant, 16 and a half points, you would have never... I don't know why you didn't expect that. Fantasy World would have... If you listen to most fantasy pundits and people who follow fantasy this week, which I know you've had problems with trading, you'd think Des Bryant had zero points this week, actually had negative points, uh, and threw all of the interceptions himself that Tony Romo was credited for. Um, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a weird thing because... Des Bryant had uh, a really good fantasy week, and coming out of it, everybody was lower on him than they were going into it. He had over 100 yards. He caught a two-point conversion, which is is essentially a red zone target. And people are ripping him because he ran a bad route that led to a pick six. Last time I checked, that doesn't affect your fantasy score as a wide receiver. Not that I know of. So... So I don't know. I, I'm fine with Des Bryant. I'm not afraid of Des Bryant going forward on my team. He's not a concern of mine. I think he'll be fine. But it was one of those weird things. I don't think I've ever seen that before. A guy has a good fantasy week, doesn't get hurt, and people come out lower on him than they were going into the week. Oh, look, I think it's I think it's indicative of the Cowboys. The Cowboys are so, so hyped every year. Uh, and this is, I mean, general football. Cowboys are so hyped every year, and then they always underperform, whether that be Romo or – and from a fantasy perspective, you know, it always falls down to Romo. Five, I don't even know what his score was in our league. I'm afraid to look. Three but. points. It was three points I checked because he had uh, minus 15 points worth of interceptions. So is I had to see what he say, with. Is it legitimately safe to say that Kyle Orton had more points than him? He had a garbage time touchdown. I think we could probably look that up. Then yes. Yes, Kyle Orton had a garbage time touchdown, then yes. Quick. Because that's six points. Unless Kyle Orton threw a pick. He didn't. He threw it. Then yeah. it had a two-point conversion. He had 11 and a half points. So I think what this really boils down to is everyone should go out and start Kyle Orton next week <laughs> um, because he is the next up-and-comer in Dallas. I mean, these are just the kind of overreactions that people are going to take. And Des Bryant, again, looking at bad stuff, people will stop and will look at the numbers eventually. But right now it's safe to say what all the talking heads in football are saying, that, oh, my God, Des Bryant cost them the game, even though he had a really great – had a really great – fantasy day. 
He was targeted something like 13 times this week. I think that's really good. Second most behind Jason Witten. Uh, you know, Witten had a really good game as well. Uh, came back, you know, from the spleen thing. Uh, Definitely and, a comeback. And looked nice. I mean, that's Romo's safety blanket, right? And he uses him, and he was well used this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you don't own Des Bryant and you aren't a hate, don't don't hate him as a person. It might be a good buy low candidate for some reason because people seem to just be way down on him. Well, no, I think I think you're going to find the opposite though. I think that those that own Des Bryant aren't going are valuing him higher than those that don't own him. I don't think anyone wants to trade for Des Bryant right now because they feel these miscues are going to carry over from week to week. Um, which I don't think is accurate. I don't think you can – fantasy football doesn't work that way because Des Bryant had a bad game, legitimately a bad game. He didn't have a bad fantasy game. You can't think that this is going to carry over week to week. It's, that's not how fantasy football works. So, well, I'll know this. As a, as a Des Bryant owner and somebody who po- proposed about 30 trades today, <laughs> any, trade, any trade involving Des Bryant got this. <laughs> Crickets, nothing. So I'm gonna hang on to him. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, we discovered Google sound effects. Yes. And we're going to put uh, them to use. This that's week. right. Uh, I just I think that if you can't trade him, if you can trade him right now, it's probably a good time because yeah. if you can trade him for good value, don't just sell him because you you are buying the hype right now or because it's his yeah. buy. If you yeah. can trade him for good value, do it. If Because I don't think Des Bryant... I don't really like the Cowboys in general. Yeah. Uh, that's a personal thing. I don't think Des Bryant is... He's going to have big games. He's going to have small games. He's one of those up-and-down kind of guys that's not consistent week in and week out. Uh, high ceiling, low floor, that's Des Bryant. Uh, if you can sell him now for good value, do it. Don't... Don't sell him just to sell him because you're low on him for no reason. That's right. Um, Miles Austin has actually looked really good this season. I think he's been surprising people. Um, in our league, he's had, I believe, double-digit points every week um, and had some really good high-scoring weeks as well. So you like that. If you're, if you're a Tony Romo owner, I'm, I'm assuming kind of if you, if you own Tony Romo that um, you drafted him and took a backup early, you know, because he hasn't been the most reliable guy in fantasy. And chances are, if you did take a Romo early and then took a backup, uh, chances are your backup is probably uh, a really good guy to start because, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, a lot of these mid-range quarterbacks have been producing really well. You mm-hmm. know, a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick has had 20 points just about every week in our league. Um, despite the turnovers, it's it's insane. Yeah, despite the right. turnovers. And I would even say that Matt Castle probably not the worst. I mean, probably doing about as much as Romo is right now. Um, he's a garbage time guy, yeah. He's yeah, getting a he's, lot of points in garbage time. Exactly. When he's teams are playing prevent, stopping them from getting deep plays, Ryan, you know, Matt Castle's going to put up some points. Uh, I mean, Romo, look at, look at Romo right now. 30 points week one, 13 week two. Uh, three week three and three week four. <laughs> like he goes into a buy if they don't fix stuff after that, so just drop Romo. I mean, you're not going to get anything for him. There's no use. You have to hope that you took a backup. If not, look for Andy Dalton. Uh, he's probably out there in some leagues. I think someone picked think, him up in our league. I think Dalton. I think Palmer's a good one. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will be serviceable. Uh, despite my hate, despite my hate for USC quarterbacks, I don't think Palmer's one you go for. He just hasn't been as good. But I think you're right. You know, you'd Fitzpatrick, be surprised. Fitzball, 
You'd be surprised what Carson Palmer has done this year. Let, let me pull him up real quick. Gosh. Did you know but, Brian Fitzpatrick is over 20 points in three out of four games? He almost got 30 this past week. Yeah. I did know that, and I was going to pick him up and start him, except that um, he's playing San Francisco next week, so I don't think yeah. I like that matchup enough. He's injury-prone, or not injury, but turnover-prone as it is. So I'm going to avoid yeah. him. Carson That's Palmer, his first three weeks, 19, 20, and 23 fantasy points. So better than you'd think, a guy who turns it over, but... Uh, he's he's doing more than I think. I think most people Carson Palmer see. is a product of his team being bad. I mean, they're just they get beat so bad. It, I don't know how they beat the Steelers. I'm gonna say it again, but they did. And Carson Palmer, you know, that team's just not good. I agree. Darren McFadden, I think, has let a lot of fantasy owners down this year. Here's my prediction. I mean, we're four weeks in, so I don't know if you can. I mean, I have four weeks of knowledge here, but. My guess is that Darren McFadden finishes 16 games this year and totally underwhelms as a fantasy running back. And, the, yeah. you know, the knock on him has been that he's so talented and that he could be a top two guy if he's healthy all year. And the way he's been running this year, I don't know if he's been running tentative or what, but he's so up and down. Week one, 18 points. Week two, five points. Week three, 18 points. Week four, four points. It's about how much they use him. I think that's what you have to think about with Darren McFadden. I mean, look at think about these these numbers, and let's go to the stat line for this beyond points. He's got 201 mm -hmm. yards rushing and a touchdown. Then you go to the other side of the coin. He's got 18 receptions and 111 receiving yards. So a third of his production is coming from receptions, and out of his points, I mean, you're talking in a PPR league, 18 receptions is crazy, especially for a running back. I don't oh, even yeah. know that Darren Sproles has that many receptions right now. I'm going to do a quick discount double-check on that. Discount double-check. Tell me what you got, Raji, Raji. You should know Darren Sproles' stats off the top of your head as a Sproles owner. Should I? So the fact that 20, you don't... Okay, so Sproles has 23 catches, so he's got five more. Um, but Darren Sproles is a is the guy in St. Louis or in uh, New Orleans that you expect to get passes out of the backfield. He is the running back you expect to get passes in the NFL. He had uh, that one game where he didn't have a single rushing attempt. What's that? That's like in well, that's because in 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 week two, Darren Sproles he didn't have a single rushing attempt. He had thirteen Correct. catches, all passing out of the backfield, and he had so, he had I mean, almost twenty points all yeah. catching. But again, I think the point of that is Darren McFadden way more valuable in PPR leagues as well. Uh, you know, it depends on how much you like him. If if I were a McFadden owner, I would wait for him to have one of these big weeks, weeks and see if I could turn him into two players. And that, I think, serves two purposes. One, you're mitigating the risk of him getting hurt, which, you know, he's prone to do. We, we've seen that. That's nothing yeah. new. So you, you can mitigate that risk a little bit by selling him high on a, on a big week. Sure. But also you're hopefully avoiding the – the, just the up and down of his fantasy year is what it looks like. I'm a believer in his talent. I mean, I think he's, you know, one of the most talented backs in the league. And I think you can rely on him, you know, in, in real NFL when he's healthy. And he's got the upside and the potential. He's a guy that's hard to let go. But if you don't like to deal with inconsistency and up and down, I say you wait probably till this week when he explodes and try to ship him for two pieces and see if you can't bolster your, your roster a little, little bit well, more. Unfortunately, this week you're looking at a bye week for Oakland. No, that's that's right. Like well, maybe that. next week. Yeah. But let's see. They come back from the bye um, and play Atlanta. Um, that's not a tremendous matchup because they're probably going to play from behind a lot of that game. Their secondary is super bad. And Matt Ryan is really good right now. 
Um, yeah. But after they play Atlanta, they go to Jacksonville, and I think that's the week. So you're looking at week, we're about to hit week five, week seven is when you're looking at probably having big upside for Darren McFadden, and then yeah. you can consider selling him. Because if he doesn't get hurt that game, I think their schedule is just so soft. I'm looking at it right now, and it's just they've got to play Baltimore still, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Cleveland, whose defense is surprising this year, like a tough out. I don't. I don't yeah. think they play anybody that's that great. You you have to sell him and hope to get two players based on his injury history, not on yeah. his performance, because he does have the potential the rest of this year to perform really well, even if that team's playing from behind because he catches so much out of the backfield. Yeah, it seems like in in those weeks that they don't use him heavily or he doesn't run well, you know, that you just wonder what they're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but. <clears throat> I don't know. Let me ask you a question. So this week, <laughs> you know, I'm a tinkerer when it comes to fantasy, and I think yeah. you know that. Um, I love to, you know, try different things. I like to make a lot of trades and pick up guys and drop. And so there, I think it was in our, I think it was in our second week. I talked about, you know, I, pick, I picked up Alex Smith uh, to be my fill-in for week five because Stafford was going on by. Well, I kind of fell out of love with, um, with Alex Smith. So I dropped him because I had to get Sean Hill just in case Stafford was injured. Dropped Sean Hill, of course. Picked up Kevin Cobb. You know he's been looking really good, which is a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. But then today, I realized Kevin Cobb is playing on Thursday night against St. Louis, and because he's playing on Thursday, I dropped him in favor of Christian Ponder. These Thursday night games, and I want to hear your take on him have been really weird for fantasy and I think kind of unpredictable and I don't like starting guys who play on Thursday night if I can avoid it. It's a sh- uh, it's obviously a short week so they're less rested and they're less, you know, the teams don't have as much time to game plan. But in terms of fantasy, like unless your guy is a stud and you know you don't have any other choice but, you know, Larry Fitzgerald type, of course you're going to start him. I'm, I prefer to bench guys who play on Thursday night. Those games just kind of scare me a little bit. Um, I'm not a huge the the short week thing. I think is whatever. I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, Ray Rice did have his lowest point total after a short week uh, last week, getting thirteen and a half. But I'm not a huge believer that the short week really makes that much of a difference. Dennis Pitta um, got that, shut out. That said, it's it's hard to go with Thursdays just because it's such a short week. It's not that it's a short time for you to prepare as a fantasy owner to be able to put guys in and piece them in. I mean, if yeah. it's if it's a stud, really, are you going to bench? You're talking about backup quarterbacks right now, and I see where you would see, where you would have some trouble there. Like, is it Kevin Cobb, or do I wait till Sunday and find somebody else that maybe I think has, I have more options going with Sunday than starting on Thursday and really feeling hamstrung for the rest of the week at that position. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, I think there's a bigger window also for regret, because you've got Thursday to Monday until well, Thursday to Tuesday, almost a full week, five days to think, what did I do starting that guy? As opposed to Sunday where it's like two days and you're on to a new week and you've got to think about new things. Um, yeah. I think you're going to start your studs, though. I mean, would you have benched Ray Rice last week because it was a Thursday? Well, no, and, and, and that was my point. You're, you're not going you're, you're to bench your stars, but, for instance, like in week three, Steve Smith played on a Thursday night against the Giants, mm-hmm. right? And Cam didn't look very good that week. Um, it was kind of a weird. It's kind of a weird game, in my opinion. Obviously, um, the Panthers played very, very poorly. 
But given my team, when I have a lot of wide receiver depth, I got five guys that can start: Steve Smith, Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, Greg Jennings, and Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. Steve Smith coming on Thursday, I would have benched him in favor of one of those other guys, um, yeah. just because he's he was on that short week. And that's what I mean. If you have depth, I, I don't know if this is fantasy relevant advice for anybody, but uh, I wanted your take to see if to see if. It weighed in at all. For me, it kind of scares me a little bit. Well, my opinion, honestly, I'm not so worried about the Thursday game. What I'm worried about is a Monday game. I hate Monday games. Yeah. I hate One, I hate my my game going down to the wire. I don't like thinking about it like that and having to really bite my nails down to the end to have guys on Monday. Um, And plus, injuries are the biggest problem with that because you never know what's going to happen with a guy that plays on Monday. Um, Especially if anyone is questionable, I'm going to try to start somebody playing Sunday over someone that's playing Monday, unless it's like a stud that I know is going to play. Reports have said they're going to play. Uh, like Gronk this week was questionable with a hip injury. I would yeah. have played him. Granted, I only have one tight end, but I would have played him despite being questionable if he was playing on Monday. I got lucky he played 1 o'clock Sunday. But those kind of guys you, you have to play, but injury is so tough because if you don't – you have to hope. Then let's say, for instance, it's Ray Rice is questionable going into Monday – Mm-hmm. and you don't know until game time on Monday that he is out of the game, you've got to pray that you can go pick up his backup in time to be able to do that because you've already put him in a starting spot for the week. Like That's why I don't like Mondays. Thursdays is the beginning of the week. If there's a questionable guy, a guy you're not yeah. sure about, just don't play him because you've got the entire league worth of options after that. There's no bailout point on a Monday night, of course, right. but in fantasy, especially if you're in a deeper league, you don't, you don't really have the option uh, week to week to – Bench those guys if if you don't have you know the depth on Monday night. You just hope you hope your guys show up in in prime time. That's right. So I had this discussion. I've been having this discussion with one of the guys in our league about Calvin Johnson's value. Okay, yeah. I'm a huge Calvin Johnson guy. I had him last year with Matt Stafford. They you know carried me to the championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like them. I obviously have the old you know original bond that you get in fantasy with certain players when they're on. That's why you see a lot of guys draft the same guy year to year because they had him the year before. They want him again. They just you know feel like they trust him. So I, I love Calvin Johnson. He was otherworldly last year. Had you know had two touchdown games his first three weeks. It was just he was you know a freak. And I was trying to trade for Calvin Johnson uh, just to see what just to see what the value would be. And it seems like seems like his owners valuing him at last year's. Uh, kind of mm. expectation. Yeah. And so I'm struggling here because obviously he's Calvin Johnson. He's an unreal ability, unreal athlete, um, has two games over 100 yards, already has 29 catches, um, is on pace, I think. I mean, on pace is the stupidest phrase in all of NFL stats because it means nothing to me. He's on pace for something like 1,700 yards or something ridiculous and 115 sure. catches. But has really only been a teens kind of score. You know, he, he had the he had the one huge game, but that was because Sean Hill came in and started airing it out. Yeah. Otherwise, in our league, he's had games of 14 and 13 points. I can get that out of Steve Smith. I can get that out of Antonio Brown, to be honest. That's right. So what do you do with Calvin Johnson? If you're a Calvin Johnson owner, I mean, you ride him. Do you try to trade him for a couple pieces? How much do you believe Madden in the Madden curse? curse? 
Yeah. I mean, like, how much do you believe in that? Uh, you know, I got burned by that last year with Peyton Hillis. Just thought he was going to be good. Cover Madden ended up yeah. sucking. And that's a totally different scenario because Peyton Hillis is not. He, while a physical freak, he is a physical freak for different reasons than Calvin Johnson is. Um, I think. You have to ride Calvin Johnson. I don't think you can value him that high right now, but if you're thinking about trading him, you have to be realistic with yourself. Like If Calvin Johnson is actually on your trading block, you cannot think of him as last year's Calvin Johnson. And that's the key with fantasy football, is you cannot think of any person as last year's that person. There are so many guys that are not up to par with last year. At this point in last year, Aaron Rodgers was destroying things. I mean, it wasn't even pretty how they were winning games. This year, he's... Not a t- I don't think he's a top-five quarterback. I'm going to do some research real fast. Um, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is even a top-five quarterback right now. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Aaron Rodgers, he's not. He's in the maybe the top 13. Top. Yeah, but I mean, there's like, you know, Andy Dalton is above him. Joe Flacco. Peyton Manning, Eli. Peyton, yeah, Ryan Peyton Manning Griffin. can't even turn his head all the way, and he's above him. Robert Griffin, I mean... And we expected Robert Griffin to be good. He adds that running element that Rodgers had last year, amazingly yeah. enough. Um, but just Aaron Rodgers is not the same guy as last year. So you can't yeah. – and he was a consensus. Like a lot of people thought of Aaron Rodgers as a number one overall pick. If I had that pick, I would have drafted Aaron Rodgers, no doubt. Of course. But, but you just can't – it just goes to show the depth of fantasy. It also goes to show how fickle fantasy football is there – are very few guys that yeah. carry their performance from year to year. You don't expect that out of the top tier guys. Maintaining a top tier level is so hard in the National Football League in general, but in fantasy football especially. Pe- teams learn about your style. They have more game tape. They can kind of key on certain things. You want to look for those consistent guys. That's what I, I try to look for, and I know I, those guys that year in, year out are getting the same kind of numbers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing with Calvin... Last year, there were five games that he did not score a touchdown in. Okay, there were there were five games he didn't score a touchdown. That's ridiculous. This yeah. year, he hasn't. He's only scored one touchdown in four games. So I think that's the big difference on Calvin Johnson's value this year. Is he's not finding the end zone as much. And yeah. I don't know if that's just because teams are triple teaming him in the red zone. I think that's part of it. I think part of it also is Lions offense has been a little stagnant in in the first in the first quarter here of the season. But I'm actually glad, you know, I'm a bit ir- irrational when it comes to Calvin Johnson. Yep. So I'm glad I started looking at his stats and his numbers because, sure, he has the ability to put up a 30-point game, but, you know what, so does Roddy White. So does A.J. Green. Shoot, Danny Amendola and Brian Hartline have put up 30-point games. So, you know, a lot of guys can do that. Calvin Johnson's probability is higher, of course. But once I looked at his actual week-to-week numbers – I, I'm I'm backing off the trade offer a little bit because there's is I'm not sure there's a need to really shell two two starters out for a guy like Calvin Johnson who so far has kind of stalled a little bit. Um, of course, I'm not trying to downplay Calvin Johnson. He's one of my favorite players and an sure. incredible athlete. But this is the kind of stuff I think as a fantasy owner, as somebody who's making trades in a league, you want to look at is you want to look at the relative value. Of the guy you want versus the guys the guy you you have on your own team, um, and and is the guy you bring in going to give you a significant bump over what you're giving up at that spot, or if it's across the team? Like for instance, you you and I were talking a trade today, um, which didn't come through to fruition because you were going to give me a running back, and you, 
and I was going to give you an upgrade at wide receiver, but you didn't have the running back depth to fill the hole. So you figure the bump at wide receiver wouldn't cover, you know, the downgrade at running back. That's right. So in this case, you know, I'm looking, I'm seeing Calvin's got a 14 and a 13 point game. He's got, I think, a seven point game. And then that one big week. Well, Antonio Brown's got a 17 point week. He's got a, uh, he's got a 15 point week, a 12 point week, you know, so. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to cool off on the Calvin Johnson love a little bit. They have a tough schedule, I think. Uh, Philadelphia, Chicago, Seattle coming up after the bye. Three tough pass defenses. Yep. They got Houston later in the year. They're at Minnesota. Uh, of course, they play Green Bay twice, at Arizona, at Atlanta, and at and against Chicago again at the end of the year. Really tough schedule for the Lions. As a Stafford owner, I'm a little bit worried, but you know what? I, I don't have a better option unless Christian yeah. Ponder turns out to be, uh, you know, Joe Montana or Steve Young or something. Well, like that. I mean, Christian Ponder has been has looked pretty good this year, and he can run. Uh, you know, Stafford's getting you low. He was in the low teens. He moved up to the twenties in the past two weeks. Um, you know, he's. I feel like he's getting hit a lot, so his injury risk definitely goes up some yeah. uh, as as time goes on. You know, Christian Ponder though. If Christian Ponder's a roller coaster. I don't think he's going to be your long term answer. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to be your long-term answer, but uh, but I definitely think that okay. for a bye week, he's a good start. I don't think he's going to hurt you, and I don't think, especially against Tennessee, Tennessee sucks, so play him there. Yeah, here's a thing that I really love about Yahoo, and that's the uh, interface that we use for our league. They tell you uh, the opponent that your guy's playing, uh, you know, what rank they have in terms of giving up fantasy points to that player. So one thing that I liked about Christian Ponder is that Tennessee gives up the second most points to opposing fantasy quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Ponder's a threat on his feet as well. He's been throwing really well. Um, they got Peterson and Harvin there, some playmakers. Kyle Rudolph has been for him. I'm hoping for... Really, I'm hoping for a serviceable week, and I'm hoping some of my other guys have big weeks. I'm going against a really tough opponent this week, yeah. so I'm not really excited about that. I'm just kind of catatonic and state of depression and despair over here. Good good use of language today. Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, so... I was looking at some fantasy stuff today, and we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, thinking about it, and I was trying to think, mm-hmm. everyone says Justin Blackman looks like he's probably the future in Jacksonville as far as wide receiver, that he's been a good wide receiver. So I took the sure. time and wanted to go look at his fantasy numbers and see, like, you know, last year, obviously, A.J. Green came on the scene and was just huge to start off with. Uh, what I was actually looking for is who in our league owns Justin Blackman, because I know he was drafted, he was late, we're a keeper league, right. so we can keep guys that were drafted late in later rounds, which is great. So I was thinking, is there a way I can move him into trade or figure out a way to trade for him uh, and also get some good pieces, maybe trade yeah. one of my running backs and include him to get that keeper value? Then I realized he's a free agent. I realized yeah. he had six points week one, no points, 1.2, and then eight. And I realized that Justin Blackman is not going to have the year that A.J. Green did because Justin Blackman does not have a good quarterback, doesn't have a good right. team. Right. I was. I think I had high hopes 
for Justin Blackman, and maybe he's run some crisp routes, maybe he's made some big catches, but Justin Blackman is in no way an A.J. Green-type player that I think I thought he would be, given where he was drafted. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a great talent. I think he's a big guy that is athletic, has good hands, you know, and I think we, we know that the big difference is Andy Dalton can throw the ball yeah. well, and Blaine Gabbert kind of can't. Yeah. Um, what's encouraging, though, is he had, he had a team-high 10 targets this last week against Cincinnati. Um, I mean, <laughs> most of that is I don't know who else they're going to throw to. Yeah. Uh, LaRon Robinson was out, I believe. Um, but, yeah, it, that's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a result of a pedestrian offense in Jacksonville. Yeah. I think it's too early to consider him a keeper. Um, sure. If you are a believer in his talent and raw ability, he might be worth a stash on your bench if you're in a keeper. Or a, 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 a dynasty league is one that you would probably want to want to stash him on and just keep him for the future. Um, but I think we have to see more of that offense. Blaine's looked better this year, but yeah, improving from a you know <laughs> improving <laughs> yeah improving from you know what's the chick from. The True Carry Show, Mimi, proving from Mimi to you know uh, Scarlett Johansson is. Yeah. That's a big so, improvement. <laughs> a big leap. I don't think Blaine Gabbard is anywhere. No. Is anywhere I, near. I think you're right, but let's think. So let's I think look. Blaine Gabbard is hovering somewhere around a uh, around a Kirsten Dunst right now. <laughs> Still pretty mediocre. Nice. Uh, Maybe a you, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Do you feel wow? Awesome. This is in depth. Do you do you feel like there's any rookie wide receiver right now that is gonna? And I know AJ Green is such a freak, but any guy that is even going to be in the same category as an AJ Green? I mean, Kendall Wright leads rookies right now in, in receptions. He's actually getting. And Kenny Britt being out in Tennessee has been big for him. Um, he's actually been able to play, but he had his biggest week this week because he caught a touchdown in the waning moments. It like. A few catches for 46 yards hasn't been that great. Everyone talks about Alshon Jeffrey. He hasn't had a lot of fantasy points. I have him on my team because I do think he's got potential. But he sure. hasn't had a lot of fantasy points. Even in a game where Jay Cutler throws like four touchdowns like he did last night. or Actually, I don't even think it was that much. But still, Jay Cutler threw a couple touchdowns. They were slinging the ball around a little bit. And Alshon Jeffrey just wasn't a big part of the production there. Caught some great passes. Wasn't a big part of the production. I mean, do you think there's a guy – that we'll see this year emerge as that? Or who, who do you predict kind of emerge as that that guy, that receiver that maybe is like an A.J. Green? Yeah, so I think we got spoiled in recent years with like A.J. Green and Julio Jones and some yep. of these guys who come in and just make an immediate impact at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Both those guys came into really good situations. I think A.J. Green was obviously a surprise with Andy Dalton. I don't know that we expected him to be quite as – quite as good as he is as a quarterback. And so AJ Green benefited there. Matt Ryan has shown, obviously he has um, stepped up to another level this year and Julio Jones has been huge. So I like the ability of these guys like Blackman and Wright and um, all Sean Jeffrey, you know, Michael Floyd in Arizona. None of those guys have a quarterback that I'm really confident in. So I don't know if we see the leap this year, I think Alshon Jeffrey probably has the best chance just because he's with the best quarterback in Jay Cutler. And if Jay Cutler can get his head on straight, what you might see is kind of one of those Jordy Nelson type situations where 
because the guy in front of him is so good, because Greg Jennings was so good, and now in Austin Jeffrey's case, because Brandon Marshall is so good, mm-hmm. he might find himself in a position to uh, get a lot of those extra passes, get get a lot of the what's left over when he's in single coverage and guys are doubling up on the lead guy there. So I think just based on quarterback situation, I think Alshon Jeffrey um, is a guy that has the talent and the ability and is in the best situation to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Justin Blackman probably has the opportunity and the best skill set, um, but he but Blaine Gabbert really needs to really needs to make a step up. I mean, there's no one else at receiver on that team that's really scary. That's yeah. I, that's right about Chicago. I, they just have to keep Cutler smiling. He was smiling a lot in the game yesterday. If they mm-hmm. keep Cutler smiling, they'll be okay. But they have to do that. If he starts frowning and yelling again, that team's going to implode on itself. It's terrible. Yeah, um, all right, AJ. So I think we're getting down to the wire, and I think it's about time that we do the usual, the checks mix, bold party mix predictions. Yeah. Um, so I think – all right. Here's my bold party mix prediction, and this is coming straight from my fantasy team and a couple of my fantasy teams where I took a chance on Matt Ryan this year, uh, uh-huh. which I'm really happy about. Uh, my prediction comes from something that you had actually said to me in passing after week one, that week one against Kansas City at thirty, about 38.5 points, Matt Ryan had his best fantasy game. Yes. game of the year. I said uh, that. Week one. Uh, Matt Ryan goes to the... Uh, the Washington Redskins this week. Um, Uh-oh. And I'm going to predict, my bold party mix prediction, is that Matt Ryan has more than 40 fantasy points. Wow. More than At least four zero fantasy points I, this week. I'm encouraged to know that you actually came to play this week with your bold predictions, and you didn't just say something like, oh, they won't be not as good as the guy last week, which was <laughs> I th- okay, so 40 points. That's um, right. I will match that prediction with this one. I predict my fantasy team loses by more than 40 points. Uh-oh. That's what I think. That's Uh-oh. what I think. Give us a sense uh, of that the, matchup. That's the mindset I'm in. I'm going against. I'm I'm going against this murderer's row of athletes: Aaron Rodgers, AJ Green, Eric Decker, Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson, Martellus Bennett, Macklin. And the Chicago defense against Jacksonville. Chicago defense obviously had two touchdowns last week, five turnovers, finished with 28 fantasy points. Oof. Uh, just, I mean, uh, I am not looking forward to it. That's my bold prediction. I, I boldly predict I lose by 40 points. Wow. All right. Let's follow up, though. Let's follow up on last week's. Because yes, let's, let us do follow up on last week's. We need to make sure that we're keeping good track of these. I don't even remember what I predicted. I remember what you predicted. You predicted you pre- the Packers. You predicted some big Packer action. Hey, uh, I think I'm, it was 20 or I'm more. I'm proud points. of that prediction. I said 20-point games from three guys, from Jennings, from Rodgers, and from Jordy. And given that Jennings left early, I think we should all just accept that James Jones is what I meant to say. Had Jennings <laughs> had Jennings been out from the start, James Jones would have been the guy, right, that I included. And so here's what happened. Aaron Rodgers had 35 points, so that's a check mark. Jordy Nelson had 19 and a half points. That's a check mark, okay? 19 and a half points. If someone tells you that your wide receiver is going to give you 19 and a half points, you're not going to say, why not 20? You're going to say, thank you very much. And James Jones had 20 points, so... I'm taking credit for that. You That's said true. you said Peyton Manning wasn't going to match Ben Roethlisberger's performance against Oakland. 
And I am tracking that right now. Peyton Pey- Manning had 338 and three touchdowns. What did I that, don't know what Ben did. What did that boil down to in fantasy land? I'm sorry. I feel really unprepared. It was an annoying amount because it was scored against me. I think it was 31 points. 31.42 versus the week before Ben Roethlisberger. You think he had 38 or something? Let's see. He had 42. So yeah. a significant a significant drop for Peyton Manning. My bold prediction was good. That prediction was not bold enough. I did say Fred Jackson under 40 yards for scrimmage as a backup, uh, which is one I had stole from you. Um, yeah. I'm going to track that one real fast because I don't know that he hit that. Well. I don't know that he did, actually. I think I, I think that might be one of my best calls. Well, he had 50 yards receiving, but he only had 29 rushing yards. Well, and he was, did lose a fumble. It was yards from scrimmage, so it's got to be. So we had 29 more yards than, than we predicted. That's right. And losing the fumble does hurt in fantasy. If we had said that in a fantasy perspective, um, definitely would have hurt. But the prediction wasn't right. It was bold, but it was made whimsically. Um, That's fine. That prediction was wrong. The Peyton Manning one was right. Uh, This week, Matt Ryan, more than 40 fantasy points. And you're predicting that you're going to lose by 40 fantasy points in your matchup this week. So trade me Matt Ryan, and this can all be averted. <laughs> it can all be avoided. You would definitely like that, but I'm trying to get uh, to break my one game losing streak uh, and yeah. get back get back in the winners in the winners. I hate you, you suck. I have three losses. Go away, Jimmy. It was good chatting with you. It was good chatting with you as usual, AJ. Um, just to do the the usual fantasy wrap up stuff at Ducal J Dean and at Ducal AJM. Uh, we will be back again next week. Uh, thank you for yeah. following, subscribing listening to this podcast and providing your feedback. It's been great. Um, Really getting a lot of good stuff from you guys. So keep it up and we'll keep this up. So on behalf of us, this is the uh, still named Deep D's podcast, though we'll have to figure that out sometime soon. Good luck in your matchups. May your defenses score touchdowns and your wide receivers not fall. And may your kickers have 20 points. Have a good week.